recorded live. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that...
Welcome, welcome everyone to our Sunday night Bible study on TalkShoe. Glad to have you folks there in the chat room. Little Flock, appreciate it very much you being there to join us around the Word of God tonight. How you doing, Brother Jason? I'm doing well, praise the Lord. Amen, brother. That's 32. 21 through 32. Not 33, 32. <laughs> Got you, brother. That's okay, brother. That's okay. Anyway, I hope you folks had a wonderful week. I hope you got some prayers answered. I hope you've been on your knees praying, reading the Word of God, studying. I hope you're getting closer to Him because you're another week closer to His return. I'll say it again. You're another week closer to His bodily return, His physical appearance. And guess what? Not only that, but you're another day closer and another week closer either way to meeting him face to face, whether in the flesh or in the spirit, either way. They, all the days are not going to be the same. Through much tribulation, we must enter the kingdom of God, period. And while you strive to make a better life <laughs> and you strive to make everything better, which is human nature, no man's happy on the rack. There's nothing that his appearing, one way or the other, either in the spirit when you take your last breath or physically in the clouds. Not one thing, not one problem that you've got or ever have had or our people have or ever have had that his appearing will not fix. Shouldn't you love him? I'm my beloved's and my beloved's mine. Can you say that? I mean, not just, the, not just blade out the words. Can you really say that? Have you spent any time with him this week? I mean quality time, not lip service on the run. Those of you that are married, if you would have spent that much time with your wife as you spent with the Lord, you reckon she would feel like she had been really loved or had been shunned? Hmm. Do you think about things like that? That's what Ephesians five twenty one through thirty two is all about. This is a great mystery. There's only two of them in the New Testament. One is the mystery of godliness. The other one is Christ and the church. Christ and the called out ones. Christ and the ecclesia. Do you love him? It was so important. You know, Paul didn't curse anybody in his epistles but one group. 
Did you know that? He badmouthed, you know, Hymenaeus and Philetus for saying that the resurrection had already passed. And he badmouthed those that strove discord among the brethren. And he said, Mark them that cause divisions among you and avoid them, for they serve their own belly and not our Lord Jesus Christ. But he didn't curse them. He only cursed one bunch of people. Individuals. Not a group, but individuals. I said, not a group. Individuals. Say, why is he ranting about this? Because it's ultimately the most important thing. And you're breathing 24 hours a day, seven days a week in what you do. It will determine how you act as a Christian. It will determine why you put one foot in front of the other. It will determine whether you live your life in the light of the judgment seat of Christ or you live your life to please yourself. That's how important it is. Jason, while I'm talking, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 down to verse 22, and I'll have you read that in just a second. We'll find out who Paul cursed. Individuals, not a group, not a nationality, individuals. For one thing, for one thing, and before you go running to the Greek, I will go ahead and cut you off ahead of time and tell you it's in every Greek manuscript ever been found for the Greekers. But it's put so eloquently in the English, it hits home strong. Don't you ever wonder why this guy whose bodily presence was weak and his speech was contemptible would just go through the rough sea, shipwreck, beat to death, have his own near-death experience, and just get up and keep on going, finishing the course. Don't you ever wonder what drove him? Yeah, but he got to meet. Yeah, he did. But he put it on you, too. If you spend as much time dwelling on what I'm talking about now, everything else would fall into place. All the deep, dark doctrines, all the head knowledge, all the crap would fall into place. If your love was in the right place. The inward man is the only one that can purely love the Lord, folks. The flesh loves itself. Skin for skin, all the man hath will he give for his life. Hey, the enemy knows that. That was his excuse to God about old Job. And guess what? He was right. Brother Jason, read 1 Corinthians 16, verse 22. Read it slow. If any man... Slow down. Whoa, 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 whoa. If any man... 
Did it say if any bunch of people? No, no. It said if any man, individual. Start at first again. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, maranatha. Oh, in case you folks don't know what anathema, maranatha means, it means accursed till he comes. That's the bunch that Paul curses. Bet you don't get that from you Greekers out there and your Elohims. I bet you don't get that from them, from the namers, do you? Folks, there's so much false doctrine out there, it's, it's pathetic. You see, a lot of people spit out, I'm a Christian, and it's like walking down the street with a stranger. They know the stranger's name. And they may even call him a friend. But love him? That's phileo love, by the way. Not agape. In other words, it's an emotional love. See? Gotcha. Gotcha. The Holy Spirit's gotcha. To learn that love, you have to spend time with him and what he wrote. You husbands, wonder, like I said, start with, wonder if you spent the amount of time with your wife and gave her the type of affection and attention that you give the Lord. Would she still love you as much? Would y'all be getting along just as well? Or would you seem like a stranger to her? If you treated your wife, a lot of you folks, you downloaders, the way... If you treated your wife the way you treat the Lord Jesus whom you're commanded to love, phileo love, I didn't say agape, and the Greek doesn't say agape, it says phileo. You'd be getting a divorce before you could turn around if you treated your wife like that. What excuse do you have? But we can't say, that's what faith's all about. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The bride eyes not her garments, but her dear bridegroom's face. I will not gaze at glory, but on my King of grace. 
about you? How about you? Just saying, folks, this is not my opinion. A lot of what you thought you knew just ain't so. And that's just the way it is. Brother Jason, if you would, open us in a word of prayer, brother. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this opportunity to get together and fellowship in your name, Lord, and the opportunity to study your scriptures. We ask, Lord, that you bless us with your Holy Spirit. We lift Brother Don up to you, Lord, and we ask that you also grant him wisdom and guidance. We also pray for those that might download this script, this uh, program, Lord, that they would study your word and open their heart to you. We also pray an imprecatory prayer against our enemies, Lord, that are out to destroy your people and also that have, through their evil ways, blinded many of your people, that they would see the truth. We ask all these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, I thought he was going to be teaching in Mark. <laughs> Mark chapter 7, brother. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Mark chapter 7, verse 19. 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go back over just a little bit right here. That we went because over. It... Wait, just, wait just, just a minute. Just a minute. All right. And make sure that I'm even right. I may be wrong. Verse 18. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Now, we just, uh, to, to preface what he's talking about, to refresh your memories, you know, the Pharisees were pitching a fit because the disciples were eating with unwashing hands, okay? And his own disciples don't even understand what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Are you without understanding? Because right above there they ask him, you know, what about this parable? It was no parable. It was purely exactly what he said, and he's going to explain it. All right? I went on a tirade last week and took you to Romans chapter and, and, and went through Romans 14. Told you that were, there were your answers was right there. Not only is it there, it's in 1 Corinthians 6. It's also in Colossians chapter 2. I could go on and on and on. Okay? It's not what goes into man that defiles him. Nothing that goes into mouth defiles you. Defiles the man. It may make you sick. If, you, if your body can't handle it now, that's what them food laws were about. It might make you sick. It might not. Okay? God never gave you anything without a reason. Okay? But don't you run around condemning nobody for it either. And the New Testament's plain on it. Now you can twist it all you want to to your own destruction. Okay? Hast thou faith, have it to thyself before God. Happy is the man that condemneth not himself in the things which he alloweth. Last verse in Romans 14. 
Colossians 2, Let therefore no man judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or the new moons, or the Sabbath, for they are a shadow of things to come. You got it? You want me to go on and on? For I am persuaded there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth it to be unclean, to him it is unclean. You got it? How, how much simpler do you have to get? That's in the context of meats and drinks, okay? In case you think I'm pulling it out of context. All right. Now, I want to get that straight. And I dare anybody, I dare anybody to challenge me on it with the Scriptures. Okay, period. Ain't I'm smart? It's just as plain as day. It don't take a genius to figure it out if you believe what you read in the context where it appears. And anybody that tries to argue is just trying, just trying to cause trouble. And that, and that they're puffed up, proud, knowing nothing, as Paul says. Knowledge puffeth up, folks. Charity edified. Okay, period. That's, that is the main reason that I try to balance this teaching out between knowledge and edification. You say, well, don't they go together? Not necessarily. You can be doctrinally sound and spiritually dead as a hammer like the Ephesians church was in the book of Revelation. They had their doctrine down pat. They were spiritually dead. They had left their first love. The first love is the most important thing. Because everything else that comes after that will be in place if the first love's right. That's why we started the program off tonight like we did. You didn't know it, but I knew it. And the Spirit of God knew it. It's so hard. It's so hard in this period of time that we live in. In a worldly, world system, devil-infested society that we live in. With all this multicultural race mix and all the crap around, it is so hard to get people to, to, to put a hedge around themselves and really sit down at the feet of Jesus. And anoint his feet with oil. And wipe his feet with their hair like Mary did. And I'm speaking metaphorically. It's really tough in the hustle and bustle world. And the way things are set up. I realize that. I realize that some of us have an easier time of that. But we have too much is given, much is required. Just for an example, I know he won't mind me using him for example. Brother David Kennedy and I, we have the opportunity in that time that we can spend. So, therefore, there's much required of us. We have to spend that time. I mean, if we don't, we're making a lot out of ourselves, and, and, and we're, we're absolutely going against the Word of God ourselves. But we have that time. Too much is given, much is required. And I don't mean expected either like all the new versions have. It's required. 
You see, it's required in a steward that he be found faithful. Now the Lord here is fixing to get down to nitty-gritty. And he's going to describe what's in every swinging soul that's under the sound of my voice or going to be under the sound of my voice. He's going to tell you what's in you. Oh, not in me. Uh-huh. You get in the right situation at the right time with the right pressures and every one of these single things in this list under the right situation with the enemy pushing from the outside, you'll fall every time. You think you're better than David? You think you're better than Solomon? You think you're better than Noah? You think you're better than Abraham? You think you're better than Joseph? You think you're better than Jacob? Do you think you're better than Samson? Do you think you're better than Jephthah? You want me to go on and on and on? What makes some of you people think you're so blankety-blank better than all the saints that's come before you? All flesh is grass. And yours ain't made no different than mine is. And yours ain't no different than Abraham's was or David's or Solomon's, or Samson's, or Noah's, or Abraham's, or Joseph's, or Jacob's. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear. Problem is, we don't take the way out. We won't look for the door that leads the way out. We'll give it a, a hindsight. Well, I tried, Lord. And go on and succumb to the temptations. And then there's some that that old self-righteous attitude, that pride of boil up, well, I don't do this, well, I don't do that. Yeah, you may not do this and do that, but you're just as pridefully as wicked as hell. Gotcha. Either way. There's only one, folks, that passed the test. It was the essence of God manifest in the flesh, namely the Lord Jesus Christ. Period. That's why his blood was sufficient for you to cover your sins. Next verse, brother. <clears throat> verse 18. Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him, because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the drought, 
purging all meats? And he said, that which cometh out of a man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. All right, this is the list, folks. This is the list. In another, well, I think it's in Luke, he said, for he knew what was in man. That's exactly verbatim what it says. For he knew what was in man. Well, I ain't never killed nobody. You ever hated somebody? <laughs> oh, it's such a different ball game now. Boy, I'm so old customer, I'm old under the law. Oh, I get, oh, I'm, I'm not going to go there. So go ahead, keep on reading, brother. Just start back at verse 21. From within, excuse me, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. Ever had an evil thought? Go ahead, brother. Adulteries. Ever looked upon a woman to lust after? Go ahead, brother. Fornication. Ever had any weird kind of ideas? Murders. Ever hated another person? Theft. Ever wished you had something and thought about how you could get it without paying for it? Covetousness. Wanting something you don't need? Wickedness. My goodness, my goodness. You could just take off there and spend the next hour. Go ahead, brother. Deceit. Ever said something and meant something else? Ever manipulated somebody? Lasciviousness. Wickedness personified. Okay. Go ahead. An evil eye. Look at ever look at somebody with a with a bad intentions. Blasphemy. Ever use the name of the Lord in vain in any way? Not just G D, anyway. My, like saying, oh God, oh God, we do it all the time. That's taking the Lord's name in vain for whether you like it or love it, it don't matter. Next. Pride. Pride. That thing that made you, well, I ain't never done. See how it works, folks. Why instead, instead of bucking up and saying, well, I don't, inside in the heart, say, well, I ain't never done that. Instead of bucking up, why don't you bow the knee and say, guilty, as charged. See, that's the way a person repents. That's the kind of repentance that brings saving faith. That's the kind of repentance that brings, that brings the love, the initial spark of that first love for the one that forgave them all this stuff. You see... And trying instead of some folks trying to put on airs, you don't even have a clue. And the last one, brother Jason, the last one, foolishness. The thought of foolishness is sin. The thought of it. 
Not necessarily the action of food. The thought of foolishness is sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. See, you could go through every one of these right here, folks, and not do one single thing and not do nothing else and be guilty of sin. Why don't some of those... Hmm, why is it that you don't hear any of that? You don't even hear it from the pulpits hardly anymore. To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. James 5.17 Thought I was going to quote Paul, didn't you? The thought of foolishness is sin. You don't stand the snowball's chance. You wouldn't. Hey, if those those thoughts teachers that try to tell you that once you're saved, you can you have you got to keep doing this, that, and the other to stay saved. If they were right, you. I'm talking to every one of you in the chat room and every downloader. If they're right, you. And me don't stand a snowball's chance in hell. Do you hear me? If those false teachers are right and they're wrong, and I've proven it over and over and over again with the Word of God, with sound doctrine, how it's impossible. It's impossible. Because of the eternal spirit of God that sealed you. But if they're right and you want to take up that kind of thinking, you and I don't stand a snowball's chance in hell. And don't let the pride swell up in you and think you're going to get by some way. Because there ain't no chance. Because you fail each one of these. You fail each one of them. Unless you want to go off in a cave, let's just let's let's just take a hypothetical. Go off in a cave somewhere and take your candle in the Bible and get you a bunch of water outside and a little food away from the world system and just sit there and repent twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You see, you say, Well, I wouldn't have any thought. No, but you would remember what you had thought, see. Your mind would drift. Back to what you had done. The thought of foolishness is sin. You see, folks, are you getting it yet? And I don't care if your daddy and your mother taught you different. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now do you know why this old boy is so adamant about this spiritual circumcision Everybody, you know, it's always amazing. The ones that try to think that that once an elect individual can lose their salvation, it, how come it, that's never them they're talking about? It's always somebody else. <laughs> you ever wonder about that? 
Why are they always pointing the finger? Well, it must be that them old Baptists or them old Presbyterians or, or them old Jews or them old this or them old that. How come it's always somebody else and never them? You know what it is? P-R-I-D-E. And they've already lost. If they're right. <laughs> See what I mean? Hypocrisy. 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 They do err, not knowing the Scriptures, folks. And the power of God. Every one of these condemns you and condemns myself if what I have taught you is not true. I know it's true. (laughs) I know in whom I have believed and persuaded he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Do you? Have you? Do you know in whom you have believed? And are you persuaded that he is able to keep that which you have committed unto him against that day. If you're not persuaded, you better get persuaded. Oh, by the way, that's Philippians chapter 1. Not my opinion. That's the Apostle Paul talking. And I have no idea why the Spirit of God led me off necessarily in this direction. But there's somebody needs to hear this. Whether it's downloaders or somebody else, I don't know. That's just the way it seemed to happen. So, like I said, I'm going to say it one more time and we're going to move on. If what I have taught you is not true, and it is true, it's bulletproof. Like I said, I challenge challenge anybody with the Scriptures in the context to prove it wrong. It is right. But if I am wrong, if by some stretch of the imagination that simple doctrine is wrong, and everything, everything relies on it, your eternity relies on it, then you don't stand a snowball's chance. And I don't stand a snowball's chance. What are we even here for? Why don't we just go get drunk and have a good time? Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Because every man in his best state is altogether vanity the wisest man that ever lived under inspiration of the Holy Ghost told you that okay let's move on now all right brother Jason verse 23 all these evil things come from within and defile the man And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into an house and would have no man know it, 
but he could not be hid. <laughs> he would have no man know it. That's the will of the king of kings. In his earthly state, he would have no man know it, but he couldn't help it because everybody knew about it. <laughs> but he could not be hid. Verse 25, brother. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. Okay. Here's a certain woman. Something special about this woman. Hmm. We'll find out in verse 26. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, and came and fell at his feet. There's a great lesson to be learned right there. Oh, I'll fall at his feet in my heart. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I know all the excuses, folks. I've used them myself. <laughs> hey, all flesh is grass, but I understand. I know the justifications we make for ourselves. I know how we justify our pet sins. I know how we justify our little pet doctrines that we know has trouble, but yet we don't want to talk about the troubled part, see. Been there, done that. I'm just shooting straight with you, okay? This certain woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit heard about this man Jesus and came and fell at his feet. She did the right thing to start with. The woman was a Greek. Oh, here we go. Here, uh, he's going to run against them. He's going to run against them other races. Is that right? Let's watch it. I don't care where she's from. I don't care what she is. Watch what's said. Watch what's said. There's one word that that will absolute. There's one word in the next two verses that should scream at you right off the bat. No matter what they say. She was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, okay? By nation, she was a Syrophoenician. And I'm not going to run the references to the other Gospels and the canon. All that, I'm not going to do. We'll cover that again when we get to it. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. And now watch Jesus. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first, 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 you got it? Be filled. 
for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Now, what would you think the key word in that verse is? What's the key word, David Kennedy? What's the key word in that verse that explains the doctrine that I've been teaching y'all for a year? What's the word? Let me know when he types it in, Kevin. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. He typed anything in yet? Yes, sir. Do y'all know? Do you know, Kevin? I'm not sure. Jason, do you know? I would say filled. Nope. Bread? Nope. <laughs> Come on, David Kennedy. First. He <laughs> got it. First. That's it. He got it. That's it. First. First. See, first implies there's a secondary. It doesn't say only. You see why I've taught you the difference? You see why I've divided the Word of God and taught you the elect bride and the secondary? Why I've taught you the elect and the whosoever will? Why I have divided the Israelite elect and the whosoever wills? Why I have showed you the difference in Israel and the proselyte, how it's come through the New Testament and the way it comes forth? How the promises and covenant and all that stuff, and then the other, rightly dividing the word of truth. The children first. Of course, the children first. The gospel to the Jew first, and then to the Greek. Or the Judean and the scattered, any way you want to look at it, okay? Or whoever hears it. <laughs> Remember the bride in Revelations standing with the Lord saying, and the bride says, come. The bride's already in. The bride's elect. The bride's telling whosoever will. The bride is as good as there. Seated with Christ in heavenly places. Verse 28, Brother Jason. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. <laughs> she got, she met, she absolutely got the Lord. You know, not many folks catch the Lord in what he says. He's got, he's got up, on, he ups on everybody. I'm now, I'm speaking metaphorically, folks, and I'm speaking in jest. Okay. So don't take really what I'm saying all that seriously, but I'm just giving you kind of an ad-lib look at this, all right? 
But it, it, you'll, if you'll notice, when, if you go through the Scriptures, if you do go through the Scriptures and pay attention to what you're reading, this is the only time anybody catches the Lord in what He says. And it's a Syrophoenician woman, a Greek woman from Syrophoenicia by nation. Okay? And she's a dog. What does that tell you there? It's a dog. She's a dog. Huh? What, what does that tell you? She's a dog. And I, now, I've heard you, oh, I have heard all the people trying to, oh, they go back and they dig and they dig and they try to come up with some custom and anything but the Word of God and letting the Word of God explain itself, you know. <laughs> it trips me out. I've heard all the excuses. I've heard all the placating, all, everything to try to prove their point other than what you're supposed to use to prove your point. I don't have to tell you folks who the dogs are. Do I? Who was considered dogs? Anybody that wasn't an Israelite. You got it? Your answer's right there in the two or three verses, if you believe what you read. But first, everything goes to us. That's first. Secondary is the rest. The elect get the first. The elect Israelites get the first. I ain't talking about all this. I'm talking about elect Israel. I'm talking about the Israel of God, Galatians 6, 6, 16. I'm talking about the holy nation that Peter refers to in 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm not talking about every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. Because he came into his own. And his own received him not. But as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You answer scripture with scripture, folks, not with carnal history. You understand? That is if you're a, a, you're really really a regenerated Christian and really, really love Jesus Christ and really, really esteem his word above his very name. You know, he does. He's magnified his word above his name. Yeah. Why don't they tell you that? Instead of choking to death on their unpronounceable names out there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Next verse, brother. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. He answers this woman's prayer because of catching him in his words. Folks, and then not one out of 5,000 going to tell you what I just told you and showed you. Okay? I know they won't. <laughs> Because I've been through 5,000, I can tell you for sure. They, they ain't going to have a clue what's going on here. For this saying, what saying? <laughs> the children get to die. The, the children's crumbs eat the crumbs of the children. For this saying, he answered a prayer. <laughs> and the devil went out of the daughter. Verse 30, brother. 
And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears. And he spit and touched his tongue. <laughs> Do you, I want you folks to look at this in real life. Can you imagine if the Lord was to walk around today incognito and say he went down to Skid Row and found somebody that couldn't hardly tell, that stuttered real bad or couldn't hear something, and he spit, he spit on his hands? Huh? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what everybody would think? Do you, do you, think, do you look at the Scriptures this way? The reality and the realness of what's going on. He touched his tongue. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears. <laughs> Think about Visualize that. Here's, here is the creator of the universe taking both fingers and putting them in this guy's ears and spitting and then touching his tongue. Must be a magical thing. <laughs> There's no telling how many of the idiots out there that went around and stuck their fingers in somebody's ears and then spit and touched their tongue thinking this was some magic trick or something. <laughs> this is the creator of the universe. He's just getting down and dirty. He's very man and very God at the same time, folks. The foolish things of this world confound the wise people, okay? People put too much stock and they take themselves too seriously. Folks, we, t we, I'm including, we all take ourselves too seriously sometimes. Okay? Folks, we're just dust. Okay? We're here for a measly. We get three score and ten on the average to do what we're put here to do, and that's it. That's on average. And out of that average of 70... We probably we probably get if we're serious and we're actually regenerated and we actually understand what's going on, we probably apply about ten good years of that. It takes all the other time to get rid of this and the faults this and the faults that. Do you ever break stuff like that down in your own mind and think about it? You may ought to do it because guess what? I got there's, this is a news flash from Fox News. 
for the TV watchers or CNN. I have no clue for the television watchers. I know I've got some listeners that keep their head in one. This is a newsflash. Your time's running out. And pumping that gray matter full of stuff ain't helping that 18-inch difference one bit. Because that gray matter is going to get eat up with worms. You can't carry it with you. Godliness is the only thing that profits in this life and also in that which is to come. Galatians chapter 6. Anyway, the Lord sticks his fingers in the guy's ears, spits, and touches his tongue. Go ahead, brother, verse 34. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Ephatha, be opened. Magic spell, see? Magic spell. The reason I say, the reason I, I mention magic spells, folks, I've actually known some people really in the flesh that thought this was some kind of magic spell. All right? I've actually known some people that tried this. Okay? I, that's the reason I brought it up. I just didn't think of it out of the wild blue. I've actually known some people thought this was some kind of secret magic spell. Needless to say, they failed. <laughs> because there's one element missing, you know. There was there's one element that was really missing, and that was um, the Son of God, <laughs> the the main element. Verse thirty five, brother. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. Wish to God today it was the same way. Makes you wonder sometimes if people really have met the Lord. If the Lord's really ever done anything for them. Or if he has, do they appreciate it? The more he told these folks... Don't tell nobody. The more they tell, I brought this up before, and I'll bring it up continuously. And I'm not going to stop. The more he told them to be quiet, the more they published him. The more they talked about him. Today, just the opposite. Just the opposite. The ones with the greatest blessings, as a general rule, in this lukewarm Laodicean church bunch, as a general rule, he could scream, go tell everybody, and they'll shut their mouth, and when they come out of that church building, they won't say one word. They may scream and ho- Hey, I've, I've been there and been witness to this. In one of the few places that I 
could recommend anybody to go today. I've seen this. Shout and scream in church. Hallelujah, glory to God. Praise Jesus. And when they get outside and you see them down at the restaurant, down at Mom's Buffet, <laughs> Brother Kevin knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> over on David's Highway. They won't mention Jesus out loud if you took a knife to their throat. Now that's as a general rule. You know why it's that way? I mean, the book's got the answers, folks. You can't beat this book. Turn to Revelation, Brother Jason. The book has, see, the book, look for the answers in the book, folks. The answers are in the book. Not what a YouTube clip says. They're in the book. Let the Spirit of God lead you through the Scriptures and give you the answer. It takes a little sweat, yeah. It takes a little work. It was, it's never meant to be easy. If the answers really do mean anything to you more than your dollar bill, Or anything else, for that matter. That's what you're going to take to the other side. Your godliness, godlikeness. Read to us about the Ephesian church, brother. I'm going to show you the answer. And I'm, just, I'm, not, even, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to show you the answer. Let God give you the answer. This is the ones that had all the head knowledge. This is the ones that had all the doctrine absolutely right. God said, yes, you got this right, you got that right. But they screwed up on the basic point. And that's why we started off the way we did. And I done mention this, but I want him to read it out of the book so you won't think Brother Don might have been pulling your leg. All right, Brother Jason. Um, chapter the angel, two. the angel to the church at Ephesus. That'll be chapter two. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write: These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil oh and i hate them jews oh it's the jew this oh it's the jew that he knows it lord no they got that down you know they know who says they're jews and are not keep on brother and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not yeah they even got the false teachers kicked out and found them out to be liars. Go ahead, brother. And hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not 
fainted. These guys have got it down, Pat. These guys think they're in hog heaven, wouldn't you think? They got it down, man. They have obeyed the Pauline epistles almost. See, almost. They've got his doctrinal stuff down pat. But you know what? All that head knowledge and all that strong doctrinal teaching, and guess what? It only takes one little tip of the Lord's finger to turn the apple cart over. Verse 4, brother. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Bingo. Bingo. And all that stuff they got right. And the one thing they got wrong. Now see what the Lord says about that. Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. You see what I'm talking about, folks? You see how important it is? Now let me calm down just a minute and talk to you folks personally about this. All right? You say, I hear you, Brother Don. I hear, I understand. But how, how do you get that first love back? Well, number one, unless you've ever had it, what he says here are the first works, thy first love, unless you've met him and understand and have and understand the regenerative power of the blood of Christ and have known that you were forgiven and had those burdens lifted and realized it, you had nothing to love. Okay? Now that's just a fact. There's no reason to love somebody who's never done anything for you. <laughs> you see? I mean, you can say you do, and you can lip service, but it will not come out from the heart. It will not transfer to the feet. It will not transfer to first works. Okay? Number one, if that hasn't happened, I would be getting naked in a dark room somewhere, and I would stay naked and on my knees till I understood and I knew that first love. That is that no, that's for, that's for somebody downloaders whoever that's never met him. Okay, I'm talking about met him in the heart. You remember how the. Let me let me put this into a more carnal setting. If I'm talking to a man or a woman, you remember how when you first when you first fell in love with a woman, and that cloud, and those of you that's truly fallen, you know what I'm talking about. How that 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 fog falls, and outside of that fog, there's nothing else matters. <laughs> All you see is her, and all she sees is you, and the world can just go to hell, and you don't, there's just a fog. You see? That's phileo love. 
The only way. You can't will it. It just happens. That fog falls and nothing else matters. Just like it fell on the Apostle Paul. On the road to Damascus. That ha- that's that's what you need to fall. That's what you need to happen. Now, for those that it has happened to and have easily, have slowly got away, you've got to go back and do the first works. And you're not going to get it back as easily as it came. You folks that's been married a long, long time understand what I'm talking about. It's something you have to work at. Because that fog on his face wrapped so long and all of a sudden one day the fog rises and you realize they're a human being like you are and they're and they got problems just like you got problems. You have to work at it, right? So you that's gotten away from the Lord go back and do the first works. Repent. Get a clean slate. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we say we have no sin, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. 1 John 1, 9 and onward. Okay? You have to do it on a rate. You know, it's not a one time. You know, that's for fellowship. You see, that's what we're talking about. Fellowship, love, fellowship. Like John says in this, we have fellowship with Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. God's Son cleanses us from all sin. Context from the paragraph marked down is fellowship if we say we have no sin. It's about fellowship. It's got nothing to do with salvation. Turn to First John, brother. People don't believe what I'm saying. Turn to First John while I'm talking. First John chapter 1. Folks, I'm telling you the God honest truth. Your sin, S-I-N-S, were forgiven at Calvary. At the time of regeneration, those sins are cast away and the, the operation of God takes place, Colossians 2. And as you walk day by day, then this sin, you, you're a sinner. You will sin. And you'll lose fellowship with the first love if you don't take care and obey the Scriptures and what it says to do. One day, the Lord's going to take all that away with the new body. And then the inward man's going to come forth and you're going to be clothed with a spiritual flesh body. Spiritual but physical. See, that's the way this thing takes place. But in the meantime... Whatever that body does on the outside, it leaves that inward man around. See, whichever one's in control, that inward man's captured inside of that old flesh body. And whatever that flesh decides to do, that inward man has to go right along with it. And that inward man, though separated by the Holy Spirit, by the circumcision made without hands, has to partake in the evil deeds of the flesh. 
But it doesn't touch the inward man because the inward man is sealed to the day of redemption by the circumcision made without hands. The operation of God, Colossians chapter 2. And the only way to get rid of those sins on a daily basis for fellowship where both of them are walking in the same accord, walking down the right way, that's the reason Paul said, if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see? Let the Scriptures answer the questions, folks, not your opinions. Then, if you get them both lined up together, they walk the straight and narrow. That's walking in the Spirit. But to be able to walk in the Spirit, you've got to have the clean vessel. The clean can only walk in the light. You see? What is right? <laughs> only walk in the light. Therefore, if the flesh walks in the right, it'll follow, the inward man follow it along, and they're in harmony. They're in fellowship one with another. I hope I'm articulating this to where you can get it once, finally, and forever. But that old flesh, it has its own desires. Even though it's dead, it was crucified. It was buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. But you wouldn't think it was dead because it still gets hungry. It still has those carnal desires. It wants to be fed. It gets tired. It wants to sleep. And if before that regeneration process took place, that old flesh went to very many wicked places, it will have to deal with them in the flesh, I said, not the spiritual man, the rest of your life. Therefore, your battle's going to be tougher than maybe somebody's that didn't have those same experiences. You see what I mean? Now you could, if you wanted to extrapolate that down, you could extrapolate it down into the difference in the character. Now, now I'm, I'm probably getting too deep for most of y'all. I mean, then again, maybe you're you're a lot deeper than I am. But if you want to extrapolate that down, you can extrapolate it in to the character building. How much difference the character is today and the character was 100 years ago. See, and then you can extrapolate that on out there into what's caused that. See, I could go on and on and on. That's where these people, that's where they get off on this. They think their flesh, their enemies are in the flesh when the Bible plainly tells you that it's not. And tomorrow night, I'm going to go ahead and announce this now. Tomorrow night, Brother Jason, you don't have to be there because um, I know you got to work, but we're going to have a program tomorrow night, and I'm going to teach on spiritual warfare and the mind and intelligence of evil. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Brother Jason, if you can't make it, that's fine. Like I said, I've done got somebody to read in case you can. Okay, brother? Okay. Okay. But anyway, folks, what I'm telling you, you, you need to listen to this, okay? That's how these people get off on this tangent about all your enemies are in the flesh. When the Bible plainly says we war not against flesh and blood. You got that? And I'm going to teach you about that tomorrow night. I'm going to go through spiritual warfare. I'm going to go through the armor. And I'm going to go through something that nobody ever talks about. Nobody. I'm going to say it one more time. N-O-B-O-D-Y. Nobody talks about. That's the intelligent mind of evil.
So, just telling you up front, there will be a program tomorrow night starting at 7 o'clock, and that's what we're going to go through. Brother David Kennedy, you can start running references on that because that's what we're going to be dealing with tomorrow night in Ephesians chapter 6 and probably all over the Bible. Anyway, back to what I'm talking about. I hated to do that, but it was the proper time that I needed to tell you all because we're fixing to close shortly. The fellowship part. The inward man is the only thing that's renewed, folks. Paul tells you in in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Though our outward man perish, see, the outward man is subject to all the laws that you've heard me talk about all, over the whole year, this law of entropy, this degeneration, this sin, this desires, these outward desires of the flesh, all this degeneration process. Paul tells you in Second Corinthians chapter 4, Though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. That's the one that's saved. That's the one that's preserved. That's the one that's sealed to the day of redemption. That's the one that's seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's the elect one. That is the called out one. The inward person, the outward man is dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. you got to get a grip on this, folks. This is the key to the Christian life. Start reading in verse 1 in 1 John, brother, and I'll stop you when you get to the uh, prominent verses. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Okay. Verse 3. Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship is what he's talking about. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also... Also, ye also may have fellowship with us. One body. Like Paul said in Ephesians 5, fitly joined together with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now we're going to see how to keep that fellowship. Verse 4. And these Things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him dwelleth and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Fellowship, sin. Not salvation. Fellowship, sin, they don't go together. Daily cleansing. You've heard me call it the bar of soap the Lord has given us. Fellowship, not salvation. That's why Paul says, you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk it in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. It don't contradict. It lines up perfectly. John gives it is as light, walking in the light. Paul calls it walking in the spirit. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, singular sin, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Answer, solution, if we say, if we confess our sins, plural, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness back in fellowship. Go say it one more time. If we say that we have no sin, singular, all have sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, plural, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Back in fellowship. To those that doubt, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Fellowship. 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 Got nothing to do with salvation. I don't believe I've ever seen a time in four going on 42 years of the Christian life when there was so much there was so much need amongst the called out ones for true Bible teaching and true Bible doctrine and not certain episodes that people want to turn the whole Bible around to try to prove one point. I don't think there's ever been a well I know there haven't. I know there's not because we're at the jumping off place and it's degenerated into what it is today. And only in minute pockets is the truth going to be upheld and preserved and taught. Your bar of soap, folks, for the fellowship. Without that fellowship, there will be no love, no first love. The first works, the first works, the first works. Take care of that, and everything else will fall into place. Because if, remember, like I said before, you love them, you want to do for them. Like, like the illustration of the, 
the man and the woman falling in for love at first sight and the fog falling. You want to do everything. Buy her roses. Take her out to eat. Open the car door for her. Pull back her covers in bed. Okay? Rub her feet. I'll get all carnal on you if you want me to. You'll do anything. First love with the Lord. I want to love his book. If you love me, you keep my commandments. And this is the commandment that you believe on the name of the Son of God. In the heart. The love. The heart. There's no love comes out of the head, folks. I don't have to tell you that you're smart enough to get that. So you can pump that old gray matter till it's just running out your ears with all kind of weird stuff, all kind of off-the-wall strange doctrines, and it ain't going to do nothing for that first love. Nothing. Not a sap-sucking thing. And then ain't none of it going to carry over on the other side of the grave or after the old body's dropped and the new body's put on. Not one solitary bit of it. Think I'm kidding. One more time, turn to Hebrews chapter 5, and we'll close for tonight with this because we're going to have a program tomorrow night, so we'll go ahead and close with Hebrews chapter 5, and I'll tell you where, brother. Um, start in verse... Um, uh, verse 12 in Hebrews chapter 5 and we'll finish with uh, we'll close with this verse 12 through the end of the chapter no wait read verse 12 through the end of the chapter, and then turn to Hebrews 13. I want to show y'all moderation, moderation, moderation. Keep it in mind. Go ahead, brother. Let's see what all this heavy stuff is for. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers... Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You got that? The ones that can handle the meat and are the teachers, they know how to discern both good and evil. Okay? But the problem is, the majority, when they ought to be teachers, they got they need to be taught the first principle, the oracles of God. Okay? Because they missed the boat, they were taught wrong. It's not even most of them's fault this day and time. It's not their fault. I don't hold it against anybody. It's what you were taught. Not everybody got in 
in, not everybody was fortunate enough to get under somebody that believed the book and not destroyed it and cut it to pieces and made fun of it and did all that stuff and, str- and, and pulled somebody's mind off with, with a bunch of BS. Not everybody was that fortunate. Okay? I understand that. So I'm not slamming people that was taught differently. I'm just telling you, you can't deny the book. If it's taught properly, you, it cannot be denied. Now turn to chapter 13. Let's keep this thing in, in, the, in its right order, okay? It just told you that you need that. The teachers need, they have, they've had their, their, um, their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now let's see the moderation Paul's talking about. He's going he's gonna to talk about the same kind of stuff. I want you to watch it close. Just start reading in verse 1, brother. It's all good admonitions. Just read verse 1 till we get to the specific part. And then we'll close with this. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have, For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today, and forever. Now here it comes, verse 9. This is the moderate part of what we read in in Hebrews chapter 5. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Keywords occupied, that's all they talk about, some off-the-wall BS that that claim nobody else knows but them, okay? You've got to be careful. That's what that word occupy means. They're the ones that are occupied with it, all right? And I don't have to call no names, folks. Not to you folks, I don't. There's the moderate part. Nothing wrong with meat as long as it's used in the right way. But there's a moderation. It's better to be established with grace. With the milk. Not cared about whatever wind and wave of doctrine that pops up or being like the Athenians that always came to the Colosseum to see if they could learn some new thing. That's why I don't want none of the, nobody here, nobody that comes here for entertainment, nobody. I hope I can run you off. 
The first love is what's important because with the first love, everything walks in lockstep. You walk in the light as he is in the light. You walk in the spirit so that you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And folks, that's a free will choice because that's part of your testing ground in your three scoring tent and your time is running out. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've had to spend together tonight, Lord. I pray that you'd take the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. May they be acceptable in your sight, Father. Give me the ability through the Spirit to be able to give these folks what they need, Father. Only you can do that. I can't do it. I'm just a servant, Lord. I'm just a mouthpiece. But, Father, your Holy Spirit is the real teacher and can do the teaching and work in the hearts and trigger something in the hearts of the people that download this and the ones in the chat room that I could never touch, Father, because your eternal hand reaches a lot deeper than my old carnal voice. And your spirit is the one that actually does the convicting, the teaching, and the reproving, and the rebuking, Father, not me. I'm just a vessel. Father, I pray that you be with each one in the chat room. I pray that they'd meet back with us tomorrow night, Father, as we have our program tomorrow night, Lord. And if there's any downloaders, I pray that they would pay attention to what I talked about at the first part of tonight. If they've never known you, if they've never met you, Lord Jesus, in the heart, if they've never experienced that first love, I pray that the gospel, the glorious grace of the gospel of Christ would burn into their hearts and be, they would be convicted by the Spirit because that's what you said. You said you send a comforter that would convict of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. I pray that you'd take that glorious gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and burn it in their hearts, in their repentant heart, Father. Because the word is nigh them, even in their mouth, the word of faith which we preach. That if they shall confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, they shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I pray all these things in the name of my blessed Lord and Savior, my bridegroom, whom I dearly want to see, in Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen and amen. God bless you all, and I will see you tomorrow night, Lord willing, at 7 o'clock. Don Spears Ministries, 3155 Louisville Street, D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017, telephone 334-397-2333, Email joydon1953 at yahoo.com.